So I got real wine glasses. And by real, I mean, they're still plastic, but they're shaped by, like real wine glasses. <laughs> but they're not silicone. Right, yeah. So it's like a step up. <laughs> well, um, welcome everyone to Bottomless Broadway, where we talk musicals over mimosas. Today, we are continuing our series from not last month, but the month before, where we talked about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Season 1, and now we're going to talk about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Season 2, which is arguably better and very exciting. Um, I'm drinking yogurt soju <laughs> due to and- my lack of wine. <laughs> what are you drinking? And I have a white wine blend in my plastic wine glass. <laughs> I see. Talk to me about your Season 2 feels. I guess I like always liked season one a lot because it was like, you know, where I first liked the show. So I think I held it to this standard that um, wasn't always true. Like I just always assumed season one was the best because that's where I first liked the show. But season two has some great songs that I forgot were in season two. And I think song wise, season two might be the best. And I think it does a really good job of expanding the universe of West Covina. Because, like, in season one, it's pretty much all about Rebecca. And you kind of get some side plots, but not really. But season two, you learn a lot more about the side characters, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, you really, like, explore more into everyone's lives. And also hers as well. Because, like, I know she kind of talked about her family in season one as well. And we saw her mom. But it was very, like, oh, like rich tri-state Jewish girl complains about her absentee parents. Um, It was just like very stereotypical, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like in season two, they actually dive into specifics. Um, Season two is also like five episodes shorter, something like that. So I feel like it passed by really fast. Like I feel like I started it and it just finished because it was quite a ride. I feel like we'll probably dive into spoilers like, fairly soon into this episode but um for anyone who did not listen to our season one podcast or has not seen season one i don't know why the fuck you're here but where we left off season one on i don't know grammar the place where we left off the last time we spoke (laughs) was um Basically, Josh's ex, Josh's girlfriend, super hot girlfriend Valencia, broke up with him at his sister's wedding. And then he and Rebecca like hooked up and had sex in the car, which was, I guess, just her life dream. A lot of sh- previous shit happened to They stole the just married car. <laughs> like, a lot of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of shit happens, so you should just really watch season one. But in season two, we start the season with Rebecca and Josh are in this, like, possibly relationship, possibly friends with benefits, extremely one-sided, we have no idea what they're doing situation. And Josh is homeless because he gave his apartment to Valencia, the girl that just broke up with him. So he's quote-unquote crashing at Rebecca's very nice apartment but like she's just like you should move in with me and then he's just like no I'm just crashing she goes through this weird like not dating but kind of dating thing where she tries to convince him that she 
likes him more. And meanwhile, her other love interest, Greg, from season one, who was actually the date that she took to said wedding, but then he left drunk and she hooked up with Josh. Um, He is going through some personal struggles with alcohol addiction, but has several great songs (laughs) about it and other stuff. So I think, yeah, it's pretty much where we start off. Yeah. So we are pretty much going to spoil the whole season. So just (laughs) if you're not here for that, then watch season two first and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Yeah. I'm going to say everything after everything from like, it was a shit show and after is a total spoiler. Mm -hmm. I think things before that are like potentially okay. I'm just a girl in love. I can't be held responsible for my actions. She's an ingenue. I have no underlying issues to address. I'm certifiably cute and adorably obsessed. They say love makes you crazy. Therefore, you can't call her crazy. Because when you call her crazy, you're just calling her in love. Blam! So how do you feel about the intro song? At first, I was honestly a little mad because I was kind of attached to the, the first one seasons. Song. Yeah, I know. I still think it's better. Like this one's grown on me, but hmm. a lot of people really like this song, and I, I yeah, I like the aesthetic of it, where it's just like the sort of like kick line backup dancers, but in a very sort of um, I don't know what is it fifties way, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, also, did you see the WandaVision um, parody of the song? No. Of There's, this song? Yeah, like someone on TikTok dressed up as Wanda and like did this song because it's basically <gasps> the same thing. Oh my god! That makes so much sense. I have to find that. Okay, oh my gosh. I, I think my friend sent it to me, so I'll see if I can dig up the link. <laughs> you should link that. I feel like I, you should link that in our show notes. I feel like people would want to see yeah. that. That's hilarious. But I don't know. It just It's not the whole like i was working hard and you know it's just it's not so much that. better <laughs> i think it does do a good job of sort of like highlighting her mental state and like she's like it's fine i'm in love i can do whatever i want i'm like the perfect ingenue of my own story um also love kernels i fucking hate i wasn't i mean i wasn't a fan either like, I get what it's doing, and I did laugh at Broom Daryl, but um, that was the highlight of that song for me. Yeah, like, for the first song of the show, like, first official song of the show in season two, uh, I was so disappointed. And It ain't West Covina. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really think I enjoy, um, like, Love Kernels. Like, it kind of has the same vibe of, like, se- sexy French depression. Like, they, like, kind of yeah. go to a completely different place. It's not like the out-of-setting songs, like, Settle for Me or Let's Have Intercourse, oh. where it's just, like, they're kind of, like, set in fantasy land. Like, mm-hmm. the ones where they're, like, set in the middle of nowhere or something. Like, I don't It's like an I- actual music video yeah i don't think i enjoyed the vibes of those songs i didn't like love the vibe of sexy french depression either i mean the first episode was not for me anything to write home about in general and i think they do a little bit of this on purpose where it's just kind of frustrating how much she's still not over josh and stuff and like you know you think she's moving on and making healthy choices from the end of last season but then all of a sudden she's like right back into obsession and like and also, I 
I mean, I know like it was Greg that fucked up, but I still felt bad for him. In this season, Rebecca was so close to being semi-healthy. And then it was just like, <laughs> nope, down the drain. He gives me love kernels. Each little crumb, another tasty clue. Love kernels. Because if you read between the lines, he's saying, I love you. Love kernels. Save those kernels up to make a bowl of popcorn. Love kernels. A handful is the proper serving anyway. Isn't it White Josh? So as a reminder to everyone, White Josh is the gay guy that's dating Daryl. Is it this season or is it another season? It's probably this season. Where he's like, is her vagina like magical or something? Yeah, like, which, um... This is at like a ping pong bar where Rebecca's trying to prove that she can like fit in and impress Josh. And Ping Pong Girl is such a great song that I think is so underrated. A bop. I love it. We've talked about it before. Like, it's just like, it's super accurate because she just, so she wants to be the sporty girl, which I feel like most girls have gone through this phase where they're like, I want to be the cool girl with guy friends and can throw a football around. You know, like I've definitely yeah. gone through a phase where I thought like that was what I needed to get a man. <laughs> yeah. um, and then she captures like that so perfectly, especially with like the things that only girls care about. I know we talked about how like sharing a Costco card was hilarious, but what really gets to me when, um, so like this song, Josh is singing it because he's like, you're a ping pong girl, but it's like in her head. So it's not really him. Like she's imagining him singing ping pong girl. So like he's saying things that she wants him to say basically. And one of his lines is that's the best messy bun I've seen in the world or something like that. And I was like, (laughs) yes, like I have fiddled with my hair for so long for some shit like that and obviously no one cares (laughs) there's literal youtube tutorials on how to make a great messy bun which like defeats the purpose of a messy bun (laughs) yeah it was such a great relatable line and the song is awesome yeah after each rally she chugs beer instead of water I think we're just going to spend a lot of time talking about songs because they're also good. A lot of them happen super early on, too. The third song isn't like exciting, but it is kind of an important plot point because it's about Donna's dream. You mean Paula, but yes. (laughs) Paula's dream played by Donna something something. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, this was really cute because... Paula is always like she's like a paralegal who no one really takes seriously but she's like very competent and also weirdly competent at internet stalking it's a little creepy (laughs) but she is like you know I think I want to be a lawyer and like wants to go back to school and everything and she's like yeah this is like the chance of my life like everything else in my life is all set I don't have to worry about any of that like I actually get a chance to do something for myself and so she sings this song 
which is also kind of cool because um, Donna Lynn Champlin, who plays Paula, is an actual soprano. And she apparently told Rachel Bloom or something that she really wanted like the Pretty Princess soprano song because she's like a little bit of a like curvier woman and also older and so she never really gets those roles like everyone who looks at her always expects her to like belt and stuff which she can also do really well but she like wanted a chance to show off her soprano so Rachel like wrote her this song I guess yeah I did not expect her to sing that high yeah it's like proper Cinderella's a bird high (laughs) and you get the other like office um flunkies as birds (laughs) birds <laughs> literally in the background <laughs> yeah and so she she's trying to become a lawyer and that's her dream and it's really like her entire side plot this season she doesn't do as much this season as last i feel like yeah yeah because i think it's also a kind of a good move in terms of the show's plot because she was also pretty crazy season one and now she like is like okay no i need to not do that anymore because that's a little weird and so she finds like a real passion that is also socially acceptable to like put her her efforts into yeah like i think the route they're like spinning her on kind of is like her life was super empty because she hated her marriage and that's why like she was kind of crazy because she found fulfillment in helping rebecca stalk josh and like do crazy shit maybe They just, like, front-loaded the season with such good songs. Like, the first yeah. few episodes just truly have such great songs. <laughs> but Greg's drinking song. Greg's drinking song is just so good. We were literally hanging out with our other friend, Alice, who does not watch this show. And Cindy was like, I just watched that episode with Greg's drinking song in it again, and it's so good. And then we pulled it out and sang along to it, and Alice thought we were crazy. I know! She was like... Mm okay because it's like the only song from the show she's heard so she was just like you guys are wild it's not a good first introduction to the show perhaps but it's fantastic so greg calls all his friends to their like regular hangout place he like confesses to them he's like so i am an alcoholic and this whole time josh is freaking out that like the reason he called all of them there is to call josh out for sleeping with his ex but like it's not at all um And it's just like, there's some funny lines where Josh is just very self-centered. But (laughs) um, so, yeah, Greg is like, I'm an alcoholic. And then white Josh is like, "Um, yeah, we kind of knew. And then they start singing this song about all the crazy shit he did. And like, it's just so funny because the way the songs set up, it's like, I forget what it's called. There's like a name for the way it's set up. But basically, like he'll like repeat the first line like twice and then like the last line is always like kind of a punchline it's like a song joke i can't 
I don't know how to describe it, but it's just great. And he's puked on his cat and he also tried to fly Southwest. And <laughs> the last one is by far the best when, um, so he starts listing off all the crazy shit that he's done and his friends are like, oh my God, you tried to pilot a plane. And then his friends chime in and they're like, oh yeah, there's that one time you fucked a bush. And then Greg is like, that wasn't a woman. And then they're like, no, that was a bush. It had twigs and leaves because it was a bush. And then I, I don't know why that line gets to me so much, but just like the fact that they describe the bush, they're just like, it had twigs and leaves because it was a bush. And then, and then he looks down at his crotch and he's like, that's where that scar came from. And that verse kills me every time. And the whole song is done in like a classic Irish pub song style, and they all, and the like, the whole set changes, so it looks like they're sitting in an Irish pub version of Home Base, the bar that they go to, which is normally a sports bar, um, and it's just like it. It's another one of those like really good production, like everything about it just fits together so well. Yeah, it's great, and like the ending when. They're like, I don't know, but they're just like listing off all the things that Greg is saving by no longer drinking. And they're like, and his cat and his cousin's truck and my car and my car too. (laughs) And a bush. And it's such a funny song. I don't know. I feel like if I'm ever sad, I should just pull up this song and be like, (laughs) yes, I'm okay now. Yeah, it's just possibly like one of the it's probably like the funniest show tune i've ever heard in my life (laughs) Uh, it's it's a good one i just want like a bar sing-along of this song (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my gosh you should go suggest that at marie's crisis and (laughs) see if they'll do it i would totally sing this at marie's crisis oh man i feel like people would enjoy it i love it when people like do comedy songs that stuff like that because you know you just like listen to strangers sing for hours but then like if someone sings a funny song i actually pay attention (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true yes wine can be fun white rosé and red till i call up my boss say i wish he was dead chase down the regret with some gin for good luck then steal my cousin jim's landscaping truck drive home then i puke on my cat my cat, I puke on my cat. I fall through the doorway and puke on my cat. Poor little Bruno did not expect that. I try for the toilet, but puke on my cat. As, like, you know, Greg and Josh kind of have their own issues, and Rebecca is like trying to decide between them essentially. And we get the math of love triangles, which I've literally gotten at least two separate people to watch a show by showing them this song oh my god and it's just like a bunch of triangle puns it's it's like a marilyn monroe um parody where she's like kind of a ditzy blonde who's not blonde and she has all these like sort of men as backup dancers who are like like she's just talking about like oh yeah like love triangles and like here's how like triangles work and all the men are like that's not how triangles work (laughs) and it's just a ton of of geometry puns and they're great puns yeah like the guys carry her around it's like i think it's supposed to be um like gentlemen prefer blondes 
um, the mm-hmm. Diamond Zara Girl's best friend. There it is. Except right, yeah. she's not wearing pink, but it's like a very similar shaped dress and everything, and her hair is the same. Yeah, it's a it's a it's another like well done number. Um, down to the production, it's well written. It's pretty catchy. Again, her triangle puns are fantastic. I I don't know if I care about like the setting of the song that much. I don't know. It reminds me of the intro song a little. Um, just like yeah, the like black the background. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but here is where we truly tread into spoiler territory. So before we hit spoiler territory, just to recap, at this moment, both Greg and Josh like Rebecca. So like I think like she goes to see him when she finds out that he is addicted to alcohol. She tells him, like, I actually really like you. And he's like, no, 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 this is toxic. And she's like, give me a chance. If you care about me, just meet me back here tomorrow at the same time. Like something, some weird shit like that. It was a shit show is potentially my favorite song in the season. I don't know. Oh, wow. <sighs> I I like it so much. It's like, it's like Greg's drinking song in the sense that it makes me laugh but then like it's also kind of reminiscent of like the first like the settle for me kind of vibe it's like it's funny but it has a lot of content in it um and it's clever and this is actually my go-to song to show people because Mm. not that it has worked very well for me I don't think I don't think I've showed this song to anyone and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I think I show this song to people and they're like, something's wrong with you. But sometimes I follow it up with Settle For Me, which is like a significantly more normal song. I mean, it's not that normal, but in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend world it is. So sometimes I show them it was a shit show and then I follow it up with Settle For Me to like ease the pain a little bit but then i feel like i'm just selling the show as a mostly santino fontana show which is also not true but it's mostly about him for me until this song it's such a like it's like this very sort of sweet ballad it's a breakup song and but then he's like and and i've had this conversation with my roommates in college when we used to watch the show and because they have the actual um explicit version of the show where he just says like it was a shit show but then on broadcast they have it bleeped out so it's like it was a bleep show (laughs) and we can't tell which one is funnier because it's just like just such different vibes you know yeah (laughs) rachel bloom has this whole story about how like she went and like begged standards and practices to let her have two shits that they would bleep out and she's like, yeah. And then they finally gave me two shits. And um, <laughs> and that's why, like, in the middle, he has to say, like, a play about feces and, like, not say shit chill and stuff. <laughs> and, like, there's a few, like, clever workarounds. I can't describe how great it is. Just listen to it. Like, the lighting is so, like, it's like this sort of, like, golden, hazy-ish lighting. Like, it makes it look like it's, like, this sort of big romantic moment and he's just like we're a shit show shit show doesn't come up until the very last line of the first chorus so prior to that it's super sweet and it's this like airport breakup where he's like i do really like you like i don't want to go either it's so hard for me i can't believe i'm sacrificing our relationship because he's going off to business school which is like what he wants to do in life it's like so sweet and normal up until the very last line of the first chorus can't undo, can't make amends, 
Dysfunction is our lingua franca. We can't unscrew each other's friends. We're Jerry Springer, not Casablanca. There's hard to get, then there's neglect. To say it's fate, you'd have to be a bit slow. Not to be crass, but this sucked ass. This was a show. So tap that ass is basically like if I gave you a UTI and we should definitely not have sex right now, had a baby. She um, she goes home after the airport and Ghost Greg and Ghost Josh sing an entire song about all the areas in the house where they've had sex. And remember how last time we were chatting and I was like, she has so much energy to fuck all over her apartment. Like we never <laughs> see her on her bed and they actually bring that up. They're like, hmm, I've never nailed her in her bed. Yeah, it's a very uncomfortable bed. <laughs> And and also the funny part of this is they're tap dancing too. Yeah. So it's they're literally tapping. Also the the vegan dude that she hooked up with last season that she like ditched Greg for on their date also shows up as a cameo in like the best one line cameo that anyone's ever made. <laughs> we sort of go into this Rebecca spiral where she doesn't really know what to do. She like gives herself a makeover. She like goes out to like this um music festival that it's probably basically Coachella, but isn't Coachella. And it turns out that like Valencia is also kind of in a similar spiral because she doesn't really know what to do either because she dedicated so much of her life to like being Josh's girlfriend. And I thought I like really like how they they just like became friends over basically how much of a shitty boyfriend Josh was. Yeah, Valencia's arc is also really interesting because like in season one, we thought that like she was really vain and she loved yoga because it was like a hot girl job. And she was just kind of like, oh, I was doing yoga because like I was thinking that like I was going to get married and start a family. And I she was like, now that I am not marrying anyone and definitely not Josh in the near term, I don't know if I want to do yoga anymore. And her arc is really cool. But okay, so before this there's like two things that like i kind of really like um so one is like the way that rebecca finds out that valencia is like in the same spiral as her is um like she's saying that she's fine i think she's like hanging out with heather and she's like dressed really nicely she moves in with heather because heather's like you need someone to take care of you also because heather the like seven year long college student gets a fuck ton of money because she wins the miss douche contest that um that rebecca got the makeover for heather's parents are like the most lenient parents ever and you like really get an insight into why heather still hasn't finished college because they're like we never force you to do anything heather you can do whatever you want and she's like and i think like heather really realizes like how her parents have been enabling her and she's like i gotta get my own shit together basically like rebecca burns out right before the actual competition she wakes up that morning and she's like i can't go i'm not gonna go and heather's parents are like it's totally fine you don't have to follow through on anything and then heather's like no what the fuck like you spent so much time and money on this makeover and then like i love this line because i think she says like girl grab your hair glue and vamanos (laughs) (laughs) i actually like i think this sort of subplot with heather's parents is kind of underrated because i think like heather has a valid point because you know like parents never 
like depending on the parents sometimes like you don't want to push your kid too much i guess to like do something they don't want to do and obviously there's parents in the exact opposite side of the spectrum but like it's like heather's realizing that she's never really achieved anything because she never had that like determination sort of put into her by her parents and like it was never encouraged to like achieve things and was always the like participation award kid and so she's like all right bitch we're going (laughs) yeah so so heather is like i have money now we're gonna move in together so i can take care of you so rebecca like starts kind of getting into a good place in her life and then what i thought was like really cool from like kind of like a costume makeup point of view maybe is heather and rebecca catch valencia in sunglasses just like shoving donuts in her face at like some (laughs) place and um they're like is that valencia and heather's like that's not valencia valencia would never eat donuts or something like that and like it is valencia because she's totally in her downward spiral and i thought it was really like cool because they definitely made valencia look like a complete slob like the way that rebecca looked in the supermarket when she ran into josh in the first season um Mm -hmm. and they made rebecca like purposely look really good in this scene i think it was like a cool contrast also i just like the fact that they named that episode why is josh's ex-girlfriend eating carbs Like, man, the the naming of these episodes is great. (laughs) Yeah. It's a makeover. Makey, makeover. It's a makey, 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 makeover. Old you in the garbage. Knew you in display case. Old you was a diaper. Knew you is a diamond. Makeover. It's a makey, makeover. It's a makey, wakey, wakey, fakey, fakey, makeover. So then we get to the crazy Coachella. They do a lot of dumb shit, like take drugs that they didn't realize were drugs and have a dream ballet, which is actually pretty funny. Um, And then they like end up peeing on Josh's stuff, but then they become friends, which is cool. And Josh ends up with a new girlfriend who is played by Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect fame. And um, and she's an eyebrow stylist. Super famous one. Honestly, like the brow girl, Anna, Anna, her little... I don't know, like two episode addition to the plot is kind of great. So it's funny because she sings one song and it's called Research Me Obsessively. And it's when um, both Rebecca and Valencia, they're still like obviously not really over Josh, even though they pretend to be. And they see that he has like a new girl in his life. And so they're basically like, like Valencia basically turns into the new Paula but she's not as good as it as Paula was in terms of stalking people because they're both just like stalking this girl and like trying to figure out what her deal is and trying to dig up trash on her. So she sings this song like she is the figment of their imagination singing this song like you research me obsessively. Oh my God, it's suddenly three days later, which is pretty funny. I mean, and it's just like all the random crap you do when you're internet stalking. It's like, is that me or is that some other random person that went to this high school? Okay, here's the thing. They really, the way, you know how like when I was saying like ping pong girl, like it's Josh singing in Rebecca's imagination and it speaks to me so much. Like that's exactly what girls think. But then I feel like this song is done the same way, but I have never done stalking like that. They're like, they're (laughs) like, she's like, you should, um, 
Hold on, wait, here I got it. So one of the first verse is, you know, you want to look at my Instagram, but it's private. So Google me until you find out where I went to high school and then set up a fake Instagram account using the name and the photo of someone that went to my high school and hope that I remember that person a little bit. And then request yeah. access to my private Instagram from the fake account. And in the meantime, scour my work Instagram account because that one's public. Yeah, I have never fucking done that. I have never created an Instagram <laughs> under a fake name to try to be friends with someone on Instagram. What the fuck? I mean, I think this is kind of like um, feeling kind of naughty in the first season uh-huh. where it's just like it's kind of the thing that you do, but just taken to like the extreme. Yeah, it was very extreme. It was very wild. It was funny. And I love how they were like, technically, all of this is legal because this information is public. But then they're like, yeah. pay fifteen ninety nine for a background check to know for sure. <laughs> and and this is like in um Heather and Rebecca's new apartment, and Heather's just kind of sitting at the table, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And Rebecca and Valencia like are not paying her any attention at all. Yeah. Research me obsessively. A picture of my parents' house on Google Maps. You know you wanna hunt for me tirelessly. Uh huh. It's not stalking cause the information is all technically public. Check out every guy I used to date and deduce who broke up with who based on the hesitation in our smile. So now that all of a sudden, like Rebecca has this girl group of Valencia and Heather. And I don't remember how the song was kicked off, but they were basically like hanging out together and Rebecca's and like they've all three of them have never really had friends with other girls before because like Valencia mentioned that in the first season and Rebecca's only real girlfriend was like Audrey Levine, who was less of a friend and more of a rival and stuff. And like Heather just isn't a friend person. But now all of a sudden these three are like pretty tight and they sing like a Spice Girls parody, um, Friendtopia, where they take over the world and it's actually pretty funny too i like when they do their roll call because rebecca's like i'm the brainy one and i work on mind control and i forget like what heather does but then she's the cool one oh she puts drugs in the water supply <laughs> and then um valencia is the sexy one and you think like she's gonna say something like along those lines like oh like she seduces people into giving them her secrets or something but then she just like pulls out this like spiky chain and she's like i'm the czar of torture and i was like i guess that fits (laughs) and they all have like super fake english accents which make it even better and like i said this in the first season too but like the show is truly so enjoyable when you're watching all the female characters hang out like yeah they do a really good job there and they have like and i thought this was also pretty smart to have they have this sort of side plot where because rebecca has like all these new friends that are sort of like her age and stuff her and like paula meanwhile is going to law school and like is starting to realize just how much crazy shit she did for rebecca so like rebecca and paula start kind of having a falling out which is also a little similar to how in last season once they were like we're gonna stop stalking josh they kind of like couldn't really figure out what they had in common and like rebecca tries really hard to make paula part of their girl group but paula's kind of like not in the right 
life moment for girl groups because she like is a mother and is trying to go to school and like has a job and everything paula also meets like a dad at law school who's like her age and has kids and has her problems and they become really good friends and then like paula kind of talks about rebecca to this guy i think his name is like neil or something like that sunil sunil thanks and he's just like yeah this girl sounds super self-centered i don't know why you're friends with someone so much younger than you like i'm not sure what's going on and paula's like hmm interesting yeah so they're both branching out which i mean like and they do eventually stay friends which is really nice but they do still have to sort of like go through different paths to figure out like how they fit into each other's lives and how it's like oh, just because you have a, quote, like, squad with part of your friends doesn't mean that all of your friends have to be part of that squad and stuff. So they they just handle female relationships. It's such a good way. But since we've been apart, there's an aching in my heart. It's an aching that no cocktail can control. so maternal the next song is how the makeup and it's wild because in order for them to have made up um first paula's husband cheats on her and um so he like accidentally gets drunk and sleeps with someone else or whatever so she kicks him out and then she's like I have so much law school homework. There's like a field trip this weekend, but I just kicked my husband out. I have two sons. And then Rebecca is like, I'm so sorry. I was so self-centered during all of our friendship, but I'm here for you now. And then Paula's like, you've never been a mom. And um, Rebecca's like, don't worry. I got this. So maternal gives me very strong high school musical vibes. Like, Oh, really? It's like super like teeny bopper-y. Well, because it's, it's Uptown Funk is what it is. Wait, really? Oh my yeah. god, that makes sense too. <laughs> I actually think this is a super underrated song as well. I love it. Like, yeah, I love this song. It's it's so like, like it's such a bop. It's so, it's really funny because Rebecca has no clue how to be a mom, like whatsoever. And like, or even just how to babysit for like a day. And, but she like, It's like this sort of fantasy sequence where she's getting interviewed about how she's like the mom of the year, despite not being a mom. And she's like, I'm going to be the best mom ever. And meanwhile, she's just like kind of neglecting the kid that she's supposed to be taking care of. She gave him cake for dinner and then also like a thousand dollars to buy candy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I think it's not like set that well, like the whole like a podcast is interviewing her scene thing. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't really resonate with me, but it's so good on the soundtrack. I didn't really realize it until I listened to the soundtrack. Parenting ain't harrowing, demanding or traumatic. Let's face facts, mom say that when they're not this good at it. Step aside, ladies, give your babies to a Carol Brady level matriarch. The only hard part of it is how hard I'll hit this when I knock it out of the park. Your hands, raise them up. Your glass, raise it up. Low expectations. Raise them up, your children, I'm 
turn off. To sort of also talk about side plots, um, so Trent makes another appearance. Remember him? Yeah, the <laughs> he was like the creepy Harvard stalker who's kind of like the inverse of Rebecca. Like he does the same thing. He's like the crazy ex boyfriend who was never her boyfriend. Um, and so, but and like I mean, he doesn't really. He's like chaotic evil <laughs> in this show. Um and he's just there to like throw a wrench into things and he doesn't really do much in the first part of this season, but he has a song and it's the Trent's getting ready song, which is the sexy getting ready song, but Trent is singing it and then he cuts himself on a razor. And it's it's like super short. It's like maybe 30 seconds, but it's just so funny to see them like redoing the song and Trent's trying to be all sexy for Rebecca and he's just <laughs> not good at it. Yeah. That was great. Hey Rebecca, I'm gonna infiltrate your guy friend group tonight. So when in a future time you see me chilling with them, you'll think he's so normal. I'm in love. It's the trend is getting ready song. The trend is getting ready song. Trent's getting ready. Trent's getting ready. The trend is getting ready. Ah, oh, crap. Back. Josh gets sick and Rebecca sends him some fucking soup and Anna doesn't do anything. Josh is just like, duh, it's always been Rebecca. I don't know why I even liked Anna, which also came out of nowhere. Like I did not see him doing that. So Josh also clearly has his like own fucking problems. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the show does this a lot where they they need Josh and Rebecca to be together at certain points in time. There's like multiple different points in the show where they need Josh and Rebecca to like want to be together again for like various reasons so that they can, you know, do something with the plot. And it doesn't always work. Like, especially at the beginning of the season, I was like, why doesn't she just go back to Greg? Because he's still like in love with her. Um <laughs> But then she doesn't because she's obsessed with Josh again, which like kind of didn't really track for me because it felt like she was moving along. And here again, it's like Josh is all of a sudden like Anna's being really mean because she like won't hang out with me because I'm sick and like and also like won't accept my career choices because she thinks I'm super dumb. And like you do kind of see it in their relationship where Anna's a little bit condescending to him because he's like from the small town of West Covina and she's like from LA and super cool and like ha has like an Instagram following and all that and then Josh is suddenly like wait this whole time it was like Rebecca that was always doing things for me like she got me my job she brought me soup she like gets along really well with my family like oh my god like she is the girl of my dreams or whatever and it is a little sudden but it's like obvious that he and Anna aren't working out yeah, so Rebecca and Josh fall into this, like, legit crazy in love thing where they just, like, go crazy and are super cute. Um, but right at the peak of their lovey-doveyness, a new character, the only acceptable Greg replacement, <laughs> appears. So there's a new lawyer in town, and the entire law office sings a song called Who's the New Guy, which is, like, a super meta but pretending not to be meta song they call him like a character and stuff like that like they talk about it like they know it's a tv show they're like oh yeah like 
is he just going to be here for an episode or and they're like and by episode I mean Karen's manic episodes and like do we really need a new guy this far into the season and by far into the season I mean it's almost fall his name is Nathaniel played by Michael Scott Foster he's like white and hot and straight and has like he's like the classic Stanford assholey straight guy who know- who's hot and knows it frat boy turned lawyer um i mean he technically gets controlling ownership of the firm so he owns it now <laughs> the firm changes so much and it's kind of this running joke where they keep panning to like the um the name of the firm and the name of the firm they just like keep adding on partners to it so i honestly can't keep track of like where the firm is now in time <laughs> yeah um, so yeah, Nathaniel is cute and he's like really interested in Rebecca because she's like the only qualified lawyer at this firm, but Rebecca's like not going to work right now because she's too in love with Josh and they're going to a water park, raging waters, raging waters. <laughs> and she doesn't show up for work and he freaks out, um, and he's like, well, we just acquired the company. And my dad said he's super obsessed with his like rich dad, which I actually find that a lot of rich boys are like that. Um, rich Draco Malfoy. White boys. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's like, my dad said I have to tighten the budget. So I have to fire three people by Friday. And then Rebecca was like, well, shit, I got to work now because she has to like find a case big enough to save three people's. Uh, to be fair, fair it's not. It's not like half the people in the law office actually do anything. <laughs> They're like not good employees. But Rebecca turns this into like, because she's also just like, well, fuck this douchebag. Because he like kind of hits on her and like implies that Josh isn't good enough for her. And she's super defensive about it. So she like basically launches an office war against him. And she's like, yeah, so fuck him. He's not getting what he wants. Like, I'm going to save everyone's jobs. Yeah, she tries to stab him with a pen. He, like, doesn't fully hit on her because he's like, I know I'm too hot for you. He's like a kale smoothie drinker who works on a treadmill desk. And um, and basically, he's just like, Rebecca, why are you dating that airhead? Um, I thought he was the water changer. And um, <laughs> But then he, like, also isn't fully hitting on Rebecca because he's just like, I'm way too hot for you. Who's the new guy? I don't trust him. He's suspiciously good-looking in ways that normal people are not. Is this some sort of desperate move to help our ratings? You mean our terrible ratings on LegalScores.com? Yeah. Will he be here forever? Or just for two or three episodes? I mean, Karen's manic episodes. I'm a ticking time bomb. Basic. After all of this office drama, Rebecca takes Josh back east where I think she has to attend a wedding. Yeah. Oh, she's attending a bar mitzvah. A bar mitzvah, really? Okay. Rebecca goes back home with Josh and she's ready to like shit on everyone for being so happy essentially and for like like oh wow religion's stupid or whatever and like look at all these stupid traditions except josh is such a people guy he like gets along with everyone including her mom but like her mom also kind of has an ulterior motive but like he gets along with her mom and i actually really liked him broing it up with audra's husband Mm -hmm. 
Um, I thought that was super funny. But then that actually just makes Rebecca even more depressed because she's like, wow, everyone fits in, including my boyfriend. And I just hate all of this. And it's like kind of sad and also kind of like, why are you still dating him? Because he's obviously like not your type, really. But we also get a really great song sung by Patti LuPone. So. Yeah, Patti LuPone plays the rabbi who Rebecca also hates, but Josh always, as usual, loves. And The song is really funny because Rebecca's just being super grumpy during the song. And Josh is just like having the time of his life. <clears throat> so yeah, so Rebecca gets grumpy because Josh likes everyone too much and everyone likes Josh. And so they're like kind of in a pickle. And Josh asks... Well, Josh is like looking for advice. He doesn't really ask for advice. He's looking for advice. And Rebecca's mom is like, I can give you advice. Jewish moms give advice for a living. And then she basically convinces Josh to propose to her. And at this point, they've dated like a month, two months, perhaps. I don't know. Timelines are difficult, but definitely not that long. So Rebecca, I think like maybe leaves new york early or something she flies home and she finally sees her therapist for like the first time ever she was supposed to see a therapist for a very long time her therapist has been like please see me and she's like nah i'm good i'm gonna latch on to ben as life rafts instead um and then she has like this revelation moment where she's like maybe i don't need a guy Maybe I have to work on myself. And then her therapist is so happy. She's like, she yells over to her assistant. She's like, cancel my next five appointments. Let's keep talking. Like, I'm so glad you had this breakthrough. And her therapist is so excited. It's like low-key, really sweet. And then Josh barges in with a fucking wedding ring. And then Rebecca's like, yes. And then her therapist is like, no. to celebrate grab a drink and fix a plate but before you feel too great remember that we suffered nights like these are filled with glee noshing dancing singing we but we sing in a minor key to remember that we suffered being happy is selfish remember that we suffered you have no idea what pain is remember that we suffered hey i think what one of the things the show does pretty well is it can veer between like super realistic and also super tropey and make it seem, make the like differences between the two still seem pretty genuine. So we go from like this, you know, like bar mitzvah that Rebecca feels super isolated from and like all that. And like that's like super real stuff, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And then right afterwards, we get this like trope of the Santa Ana winds makes everyone crazy or whatever. They have this whole episode about Santa Ana winds and how it's like, oh yeah, like. It makes people do weird things and it's like it's just like a plot device to kind of move people into place. And it's this great um, like Frankie Valley parody where this guy just keeps singing about Santa Ana wins and how he's like there to fuck up relationships. So Santa Ana wins gives everyone weird dreams. And Rebecca has a dream about sleeping with Nathaniel, her hot boss. And Nathaniel has the exact same dream. So they show up at work the next day and they're both being really awkward. And then later that night, when they're the only two people left in the office, they get stuck in an elevator 
Their only hope is George, but George is like, <laughs> fuck you, you don't remember my name. So let's have intercourse. This is Nathaniel's, I think, only song of the season, it looks like. Yeah. It's like a, an Ed Sheeran parody of Thinking Out Loud, where like Nathaniel's like playing guitar with like a suit but no jacket and his bow ties undone. And Rebecca's in sort of this like flowy dress kind of dancing around him. And he's just like, let's have intercourse. I keep thinking about you. I don't know why. You're kind of fat. You should really work out more. But I still want to really fuck you. <laughs> and <laughs> But it's like, you know, Ed Sheeran guitar melody. The first verse starts with, unfortunately, I want to have sex with you. I don't know what happened. Maybe you lost some weight. And it's funny because like she like whenever he says stuff, she still kind of looks at him like he's like, maybe it's because you lost a little weight. And she kind of gives him this look like, oh, is this your best seduction technique? <laughs> you and I are both highly intelligent people. Although I'm in much better physical shape. Once we do it, it'll be like, well, that's what that was like. You'll hopefully go back to seeming weird to me, but right now let's have it a course. I mean, obviously you want to do just super quickly have it a course. You could use the exercise. So, like, they kind of have like a nice conversation in the elevator where they figure out each other's Harry Potter houses. <laughs> they kind of bond over it. Nathaniel's happy with being Slytherin. And then they make out for a little. And then Rebecca blames it on the winds. So, yeah, she feels guilty. She moves up her wedding to two weeks away. Then she runs upstairs and tells Josh. Josh is like, that what? Like, my sister planned her wedding for like 60 years. And then <laughs> Rebecca kind of goes through her like totally delusional, kind of like ping pong girl style. Like I'm the girl that I want to be, but not the girl that I am thing where she's like, don't worry, I'm great at DIY weddings. Right. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's going to be DIY. I'm good. Like, and it's, I think it's Dustin and Sasha's wedding that they had like a whole website where they did DIY and they explained like everything they did. And she's like, no, I just got to follow these instructions. I'll be great. And she's just stressed out as fuck she makes like a chair out of twigs that pokes your up your butt she orders like like 16 amazon wedding dresses or something like the delivery man is like are you okay and then she like pours out her life to the delivery man and he's just like i'm just a delivery man <laughs> um and heather is still judging her this whole time which is great um and then she runs into valencia i love this scene because Valencia, like, realizes how much she's struggling. And Valencia, of course, was, like, just waiting for Josh to propose her. So she has, like, a, a four-inch binder of her dream wedding. And Valencia's like, I think you need this. And, like, she's, like, willing... Because now Rebecca's her friend. Even though she's going to be married to Josh, Valencia's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Like, whatever, he's your problem now. And she's like, you know, I think you need this. And, like goes to like give Rebecca this like binder of everything she needs and like all the contacts and all the like um caterers and everything like that. And then Valencia's like, nope, never mind. I can't do this. I'm gonna plan your wedding with my wedding. And it's like Valencia like finally realizes what she likes to do after she like is like, oh well I no longer want to be a yoga teacher. Cause she, you know, has spent basically her whole life 
planning her wedding and she's like you know what i'm gonna plan your wedding and make it the best wedding ever and valencia is so good at being a wedding planner i think it's like basically her new career now since like she wasn't so sure about yoga anymore and like she's just so great because she also only has like one week left to plan this wedding so like she's truly kind of in the same exact position as Rebecca it's not like she hires a wedding planner and now she has plenty of time but Valencia just like knows what she's doing and like you see like a bit of like her dynamic with Josh back when they were dating because like Josh is like, I want to wear a forest green suit. And Rebecca is like the super passive type who's just like, um, I mean, that's cool. But I also ordered you another suit and then blah, blah. And she just like kind of talks like that. And then Valencia is like, yeah, I threw away your forest green suit. You look like a fucking park ranger. Don't be ridiculous. You can't eat gluten for the next five days. I know what it does to your face. And she's just so like scary, but also professional. She's like power suit scary and I love it what a rush to be a bride I've been picturing this day since I was a little girl I never thought it would all come true now I'll be wearing my Nana's pearls you're gonna look so angelic when I'm a bride your vows are gonna quote the Bible I'll be such a pretty bride what quote are you going with so her wedding is perfectly planned at this point really um what's even left besides some oh there's a whole dad stuff okay so the main plot point like after her wedding is fully planned is that rebecca invites her dad her like absentee father who and she even says like oh yeah i only invited himself so that he could like turn me down and I could feel bad about it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he did. And then the excuse he gave was like, I'm on a remote construction site in Alaska. Oh, and also like her, like the reason why Valencia has to help her is also because like Paul was too busy because she has law school finals or whatever. And then Rebecca's actual mom won't help her either. And Paula gets so mad. And there's this like scene where she, where Paula just like calls up Rebecca's mom and she's like, you selfish piece of shit, poor excuse for a human. You go down to the most expensive wedding dress shop and like get her something in size six. And it's actually such a, a pretty fucking wedding dress at least her mom has really good taste but then she still has her dad issue and so like rebecca and nathaniel bond on having terrible dads and like this need to constantly impress them and i think nathaniel really feels for her so he sends a private jet to alaska to pick up her dad After all of that, he's still a piece of shit who asks her for like $2,000 to pay for her new son's braces. (laughs) So Trent makes his reappearance and Trent is like, goes, because Trent obviously doesn't want Rebecca to marry Josh because he wants Rebecca for himself. And so Trent is like an even bigger internet stalker than Paula and finds out this like crazy shit that rebecca did with her college professor back in harvard and stuff um and the college professor's name was robert and rebecca thought she was in love with him but he was like i'm not leaving my wife for you and she kind of went a little crazy and like got burned uh, down his house yeah (laughs) the the file it's like this one of those like legal file folders 
and it's just like Rebecca punches past and it's so like dumb but he gives it to Josh to like you know try to make like a last ditch effort to um stop the wedding and Josh is already kind of having second thoughts also there's a flashback to um after Rebecca burned down Robert's house um she obviously gets sued and um her mom is her lawyer which like I didn't realize her mom was a lawyer at all and then she basically her mom kind of just like repeats um the intro song she's like your honor she's a girl in love she can't be held responsible for her actions so so yeah so Josh runs away she gets left at the altar she almost runs down a cliff Paula starts pep talking her at the edge of the cliff and she's like none of this is your fault it's not your fault that these guys leave like it's not because of you starting with your garbage father and her dad's in the wedding in the audience so he's like i don't need this shit and then rebecca like gains some confidence and she's like yeah just take my check and leave and then nathaniel's like yeah you can fly coach home and it's like kind of a nice moment and then they basically end the note where she's like i'm gonna get revenge on josh and that's it yeah (laughs) and it's actually kind of a great moment because it is kind of like um everybody's bonding together around Rebecca because obviously I mean like Rebecca has her problems but like waiting until the wedding and not showing up for the wedding is also still just a dick move no matter what right and it's like this really cool moment where like it's like Paula's there Valencia's there um Heather's there and Nathaniel's there and they're all like yeah whatever you want we're gonna like fuck up Josh yeah it it's a good ending. Like it definitely gets you excited for the next season. So thanks for listening. We'll post links to stuff we mentioned in the show notes, so check those as well. And to make sure that you get our new episodes for the rest of the other seasons, you can follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. It can be Apple Music, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And you can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at bottomlessbway or email us at bottomlessbway at gmail.com. And we'll be back next month with another episode. So stay tuned for that. Well, Rebecca, you've done it now. You've gotten everything you said you wanted. So take a moment and take a breath after today. You'll start fresh, and finally I'll be The hero of my own story The princess in the tale In an unexpected twist It turns out magic exists I'll feel it in my dress and in my veil Daddy's little girl, princess of his world That was never something I knew before But now that I'm a bride He'll look at me with pride Cause my daddy will love me And then in a wonderful way Everything in the past will just fall away My daddy will love me And my mommy will love me And Josh will love me And then I'll never have problems again